This is a private library, Miss Pendleton. The books here are not for reading by you, by me, by anyone. The owners, uh, my employers, are very strict about that. We're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our um, little out of sorts conversation about the devil's alphabet. That was a weird episode. But we're going to get to an episode about a library that doesn't use the Dewey Decimal System. So I guess we deserve this one too for what we just did talking about an alphabet out of order. I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> so, I, I like that we sub out the word, the word interesting sometimes for, huh. Anyway, so yeah, welcome, welcome to Strange Highways, everybody. This is the anthology uh, podcast that um, it, well, it is a podcast that does uh, anthology things like the Twilight Zone, uh, other stuff as well. We've been mainly focused on Twilight Zone. We're Terry, congratulations! We are now in the last five segments of season one of the '80s iteration. I know we've been talking about this season for probably. Um, uh, when did the last dinosaur die? I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, maybe since the devil's alphabet group, the first time the devil's alphabet society first, like actually had a meeting is when we talked about the first episode of the series. Yeah. I'm just a ghost sitting here with a headset on. So (laughs) you're just a, you're just a green ghost away. Yeah. (laughs) Um, over the holiday weekend, I rode a a horse drawn carriage and just burst in flames. It was awesome. You know, as you do. I mean, it's some metal AF. So (laughs) I mean, yeah, Yeah. if I could, I would ride a carriage that was on flames i mean we had a chance one time to ride a carriage and we were like no it's not on fl- it's not on fire we can't ride that i'm sorry <laughs> oh you're like you're like listen oh horse-drawn carriage cool can we set the horse or the carriage on fire no i'm out is that like yeah. what it, yeah uh, I, I don't care if it's free or not thank you but no thank you yeah I mean. uh, my wife and i we did we did a horse-drawn carriage once in philadelphia we went around like the like the historical sites and the guy had his whole shtick like with all the jokes and everything and it was nice it's just it was just one of those like odd things where you're just like you know i don't know like it's just you know you're you know you're annoying everybody else around you because it's a horse and it's only gonna go so fast you know like um, but yeah, it, it was nice you know, to do that. Uh, it, it, we were not on fire, which is, uh, you know what? Now that hindsight, uh, three stars out of five, um, the carriage is not on fire. <laughs> you're changing your Yelp review. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, like almost 10 years later, I'm gonna go back and retro. Yeah. Actively change my Yelp review for a horse drawn carriage, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> this horse should have been a vengeance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the one thing I'll say though, like after that, we ended up at, um, the, the bar that was actually owned by, um, uh, Mac from it's always sunny. It's not the actual Patty's pub. Cause that's, that's uh, set in California, but he mm-hmm. actually owns a place called Mac's tavern, which is in Philadelphia. And we went in there and, um, uh, yeah, I got, got a little lit. I was drinking some of the, the beers that they got from other areas, this is a Philadelphia bar. I was drinking Great Lakes because I was a hack and a fraud, which is a Cleveland beer. And I remember walking outside and my, my wife was my, sorry, my girlfriend, who's not my wife, was frustrated because I, um, you got, got kind of, but you're a Max Tavern, right? What are you going to do? Got a little lit, walked outside. Have you ever seen those pedal bars where people like, they do the whole thing where they're, it looks like a trolley car, but it's people pedaling a bar yeah. around. Yeah, we have them yeah. in the Cleveland area. I, okay, we do. Okay, great. I don't know. Then why are we there right now recording this episode? We need to do that. I, we could have done that, but I'll, I would probably get gassed really fast. That's true, so, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, like even sitting here, I'm sweating in my in my office. So it's like, I don't know. That's <laughs> it's, true. It's kind of a hot day today. But I, I just remember seeing these people and I just yelled out loud. I was like, beer power. And they're all like, yeah. And my wife's like, just come along. And she grabbed me. <laughs> Like, yeah. come on, yeah. Because I just told her I was like, I'll never be here again. <laughs> you know, like I'll just like. So yeah, uh, that's anyway. It's that's a city of there. brotherly love. I mean, you may yeah. as well. Yeah, it isn't it isn't like I it isn't like I yelled "Go Giants!" They threw batteries at me. You know, it isn't like that. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah, do not say that in Philadelphia. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Lord. <laughs> how about them Cowboys? And then you never heard from me again. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, if you have shallow grave somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, it's neither here nor there. I, I, anyway, so we're getting into uh, we're uh, um, this is season one of the '80s edition of the Twilight Zone. Go back; we've talked about the the original series. Uh, we may even do a revisit of an episode here and in, in between our seasons of the '80s series because it would be nice to get back to some of the the black and white Twilight Zone. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Yeah, um, uh, yeah but this is season one, episode twenty-two, segment C, the library. Um, yeah. So Terry, who did what here? Let's get all into right, so all that. It's somebody that we've talked about in the, the very recent past. Uh, John D Hancock. He is, uh, the director of this episode. This is the fourth of five episodes, uh, or segments that he has done. Uh, the more recent one that we had talked about was profile in silver. Um, so yeah, if you guys want a little bit more information about him, maybe, Look back to some of those episodes that we have yeah. discussed. Them. I don't know and if there's he, anything he signed, else you wanted to say. He signed the Declaration of Independence, which the horse-drawn carriage did go near. We went near the Independence Hall. Yep. Just, anyway, <laughs> okay, wait, continue. Go on. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Um, so next to here, we have our writing credit is gone to uh, Anne uh, Collins. Uh, this is the second of the two episodes that she had worked on. Um, the last one that we had talked about was Ye Gods. Man, that felt like a year ago because it probably was right. It, All right. It, it's probably it's probably pretty close now at this point. Uh, I mean, it was a little while ago, but uh, in um, you know the 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 universe that is, uh, you can look this episode and find it. Just go ahead and look it up and find it. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting episode. I wouldn't say it was great, I know, but I know, I know Terry things. didn't really enjoy it, and I had my frustrations with it too. However, um, we didn't realize some of the you know the rough road um, yeah. ahead. Uh, with something like, well, you know, we're really, really close to our season one wrap up. This is going to be a really fun talk when we get there. I, I I know that. So yes. Yeah. So, and then, so our cast, we have a little bit more of a lengthy cast here. So, uh, we have Uda or Uda. No, it's, 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 it's Uda Hagen. Uda Hagen. Um, so she plays Gloria. 
a little easier name to pronounce. But yeah, she was in an episode of Playhouse 90, so that kind of gives us our full circle of the Twilight Zone and that. But and she was also in an episode of Oz. Okay, not sure if you had anything else I do. to do. She's actually a kind of a big deal. So she taught a lot of acting in New York City. Um, she, uh, uh, what was it? I, if She was blacklisted, I believe, uh, in Hollywood. So she ended up doing a lot of stage work. Because the blacklisted, like, to, there was the whole, like, um, Red Scare garbage. There was mm-hmm. a lot of people that were blacklisted because of, like, Communist oh, yeah, and- yeah, yeah. So she ended up doing a lot more uh, acting on stage. And that's kind of where she made her bones. Uh, so then um, after that, though, uh, she ended up uh, having an acting school in New York and writing a couple books. Uh, but here, here, so as an acting teacher, here's some of the names that she uh, taught. Um, she Matthew Broderick, uh, Amanda Pete, uh, Jason Robards, Sigourney Weaver, uh, Liza Minnelli, Whoopi Goldberg, Jack Lemmon, uh, Charles Nelson Riley. Uh, let's see here, um, George Seagal, uh, John Stewart, the comedian we know, um, at Al Pacino. And there's an, um, she was a voice coach, Judy Garland, uh, teaching her a German accent for Judgment in Nuremberg. Then that actually, Garland's performance earned her an Academy Award nomination. So a lot of Uta Gar- Hagen's helping her, helped her get that nomination. Um, she wrote a book called Respect for Acting uh, that's used as a textbook for many college acting classes still. Uh, so she actually has like this big lineage of being a op- very important person teaching people acting. Um, you're gonna so here's gonna be the weirdest connection to this, and you're gonna you're gonna laugh when I say this. I knew the name Uta Hagen uh, because of a Weird Al Yankovic song. Uh, Interesting, because he has well, because there's a song he has. It's called Skipper Dan, and it's um, it's it's I, I love the song. It's actually a lot of fun. It's from I think his most recent album, which I think was uh mandatory fun um that it's about a guy that um his name's skipper dan he ended up going to all these acting schools and like becoming like really good as like you know this college actor and all he ended up doing was becoming like the guy on the jungle cruise ride like wearing like the like the little safari outfit like making the jokes like you know for like the disney cruise the jungle cruise ride so it's him singing his lament of being known as Skipper Dan. And he makes a reference to, you know, uh, reading his Uta Hagen and studying the bard. So even weird Al was aware of Uta Hagen and, um, you know, but Skipper Dan's a fun song, but the reason I know of her is because of weird Al. really dumb connection, but I wanted to point it out. Well, obviously, uh, that, uh, solidifies that he's a, a hell of a lot more cultured than I had ever known. So yeah, yeah, as, as, yeah more than I am for sure. Right. As, like, and, and now yeah. we all are just a little bit more cultured too. Cause I've never actually heard of this, uh, this woman before. So that's a, that's a fascinating tip. But, um, but the, the fact that she has such like a large footprint in terms of like the, 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 um, like, and that's, I just pulled some, there's a, a long list of people that she uh, helped work with right um so it's like we always talk about like to appreciate those that help make the things that we love she's had a, a big hand in a lot of people's performances that we probably liked a great deal and had no idea about it right yeah yeah sounds like it but oh great that's cool uh, i'm glad you were able to find those uh all those notes for on her but um but yeah so next here we have a. uh, uh how would you pronounce her first name here? I'm I'm sorry. The, I, I have uh, uh, Fr- Francis Conroy. Is that here? Francis. Talking? Okay. No. I, I guess I. Yeah, I forgot the R. Uh, so, so Francis Conroy. Um. So she plays Ellie uh, Patelton. Patelton. Uh, Pendleton. Yeah? I think it's Pendleton. Pendleton. Yeah. Yeah, you're correct. Um. So she was in Sleepless in Seattle. Uh. She was on a, a like I probably the entire stint, but uh, a long stint of uh, Six Feet Under. 
Um, she was also in The Mist, and she was uh, in the remake of The Wicker Man. So, yeah, yeah. she she a pretty long career, and so, she's still acting. Too. Yeah, she still is. Uh, she's been. She's like, what was it? I looked at the notes for her that, um, in terms of American Horror Story, she was in the first season. She, uh, in terms of like the the a person being in the most um, seasons or episodes of American Horror Story, she's fourth. And that that I I've not watched American Horror Story. I. I gave up after the first. Season, here, so. Here's 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 my hot take. Um, you can only like like shock people so much without like, but you gotta you gotta pay it off. You know. Anyway, um, like, aren't I clever? If you actually know what the hell you're doing. Anyway, I'm, that's that's neither here nor there. The mist that you're talking about was the the TV series that was uh, once like not Spike, but whatever whatever Spike became. That I heard mm-hmm. that's a train wreck of a series. Um, unfortunately she was the mother in the Joker film. Um, and also, uh, she was a member of, uh, Juilliard's drama division group six, which I like the idea that like, I know it's Juilliard, which I know it's a performing arts school, but I like that drama division group six. It sounds like they deal with like, you know, this is where we, this is like the chemical lab, right? Like this is where all the secret projects happen. Group six. speakers. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, so they're filled with tears. Yes. Uh, Right. So that group included Kevin Conroy, who we just recently lost the guy that was the voice of Batman and amongst other things. Um, Kelsey Grammer uh, uh, and Robin Williams was members of that group as well. Great. Yeah. I was actually wondering if there was a Conroy uh, connection and you found it. So yeah. Well, they're not related. Yeah. They're not related, but they're part of the same group, but the name Conroy. Yeah. You're right. So yeah. yeah. I was like, it's like, and somehow this still leads back to the Kreitz and the critters. So <laughs> we just need to keep on searching. We'll find that connection. Oh, I, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the Kreitz is life. Critters is life. All right. Yeah. So uh, uh, next here we have Lori Petty. Uh, she plays Lori, surprisingly enough in this. This is Ellie's sister. Um, she was in Tank Girl. I think that would be probably the thing that she'd be most known for. Uh, she was also in In the Army Now. And uh, Point Break, which uh, is a, a personal favorite of mine. Yeah. Um, a, a League the of their original. Own. Yeah, the original. Break. I've not seen the remake. I'm okay. Uh, a League of Their Own. Uh, Orange is the New Black. Uh, she was in that for a few episodes. Um, recurring character, which I think it's a big deal because that was like, what was it? Like? That was like the second Netflix original series, second or third, right? That was actually showing that like a streaming service can do their own content for good and for bad. So point that out. Um, so if you go to her Wikipedia, like you can tell whoever's curating it skips kind of over a lot of her earlier stuff. Um, so they don't mention Twilight Zone. They don't mention Freddy's Nightmares. They don't mention the Bates Motel TV movie. Um, like, so it's like, they kind of, it's like, you know, she got known for this. It's like, you got to start somewhere, but, but she worked with Polly Shore. So, you know, let's make sure we keep that. Yeah. Right. So here, here's, here's something I didn't know. And this would have been a different movie. Uh, she was originally cast as Lieutenant Leanna Huxley in Demolition Man. Uh, disagreements over the character's direction led the producers to producer Joel Silver to recast the role with Sandra Bullock. Huh? That would have been uh, a very interesting role, and like, how it would have been. I think she would have. I think she would have been better stand toe to toe with Stallone. Yeah, um, but I also kind of like the, I, I just Bullock's character of kind of being like this, born of the time of like, never like never considering that like maybe the past was like you know not bad, but like, not as like, you know, like it's demolition man. Taco Bell won the fast food wars. Right. And also like the radio is just, uh, it isn't music. It's just radio commercials. And she's super happy about celebrating like the past. 
Like her character is really, really interesting and kind of fun. I don't know if that would have been the same character. I don't think Lori Petty would have played that well, but I think they could have done better or differently with like with what she brings to it, which would have been more um, not pluck, but you know what I mean? Like she would have like, she would have uh, been more abrasive against Stallone. I think it would have been yeah, fun she too. Br- she brings a, a definitely a, a flair and an attitude to mm-hmm. the characters that she's played in the different things that I've seen her in. I mean, the three things I listed alone, and like you said, a league of their own. Uh, she just she is kind of like a little bit more uh, ballsy. Yeah, I guess a little, bit, a little <laughs> bit more like Lyndall Hamilton, right? Like that. Yeah. You, like yeah. Like um, yeah. Anyway, so I thought. Yeah, look at look at us finding learning things tonight. Look, you know, everybody, look at that. Not only did you learn that we both wanted to be in, in carriages on fire with horses pulling it, uh, which you know we everybody should, right? Um, the carriage, not the horse. Um, you're learning facts tonight, you know, or look at us about in an episode called the library. Like that seems appropriate, right? Yeah. We're, ed- we're educating the masses. So yeah. yeah, look at us being smart as shit. Okay. Who, do, what do, else do we got? Doing the Lord's work here. Doing um, the Lord's work, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so next here we have Joe uh, Santos. He plays uh Doug Kelcher. Kelcher. I think Keller. I don't know. Anyway, D- yeah. Doug Kelleher. He plays Doug. Yeah. Doug. So I, yeah. I, I, some of these characters, I, I just hate to be, uh, be this kind of rude about it, but some of the characters, I don't really oh, necessarily. I can't wait for you. Name. I can't wait for you to try to pronounce the actor's name and then her character's name. Like I. Oh, the, the next, next one? one. Yeah. Yes. So think, oh, everybody, yeah, everybody, uh, get ready to take a drink. This is gonna be amazing. All right, continue. Yeah, because it's, it's, it is the drinking <laughs> game where Terry, how many uh, names can he mispronounce? Either the uh, the original actor's name or the character's name. So yeah, I'm sure you're all loaded at this point. Have you ever seen the uh, video of uh, when people try to take their, the, like these, the, the training, like the dog training videos where they're on the, like the course where they're trying to make them like walk the line. I'm not like not taking the oh, treats. Yeah. Um, and then like the one dog ignores everything. And then like the one golden retriever eats every single thing along the way. And as happy as can be, uh, you know, this, I'm just, I'm not saying same thing to you, but we're, I, we're, you know, in terms of like dog agility course, I don't know. We'll see what happens with, uh, are you, are you the one that walks the line? Or are you the one that goes for every single piece of meat along the way? We'll find out. <laughs> well, you guys be the judge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, so the one, uh, the, the biggest note here. Uh, so the first and foremost, I'll, I'll, I'll say the thing that I, uh, recognize this gentleman from was the last boy scout. So, uh, Oh, I've not seen that forever. I immediately yeah, yeah. Re- recognize him from that. Oh, um, yeah. But he was, yeah, he was like the commissioner or something like that in that movie. I just imagine him swearing a lot at Bruce Willis. So I need to revisit um, that. That was a fun movie. Oh, it's good time. Yeah, it yeah. really is a good time. But, uh, but yeah. And then the thing that probably you were alluding to earlier, uh, there is a Rod Sterling connection here with this gentleman. Uh, Carols for Another Christmas. Uh, this is something that Rod Sterling had written in the past uh and i've never heard of this so i'm kind of interested in seeing a little bit more information about this and hmm. finding out um what like i mean it, so there was two writing partners on this is a charles dickens and rod serling so i'm just really interested to see what the hell this is oh uh, yeah yeah I, I you know what I, good on you i didn't even pull that i was going to point out that that one of his big things he was like um on the rocket files a lot as like um like a side character uh, and he was in some episodes of Sopranos, but here it wouldn't be an episode of strange highways without like bringing up like a sad fact. Santos was born in Brooklyn on June 9th, 1931, the same day his father died. Oh, good Lord. 
Wow, that sucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not laughing at that, but I'm like, you know, welcome to the show, everybody. So anyway, take wow. a drink. Now, now. Yeah, it's not a, a helicopter crash or anything like that, no. but we're still bringing uh, loads of sadness. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, we did. But, well, yeah. actually, his father, when he's like, it's a boy, he's like, I, no. And he just walked into a helicopter. He didn't know that, though. Um, <laughs> anyway. It was 1931. Uh, I don't even know if helicopters were around then. Probably so, but continue. Yeah. All right. So uh, uh, next here is uh, Candace. Uh, uh, Zara, mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I think I, I think I did it. First Yay. hurdle, first hurdle. All right, second yeah, hurdle. That's the Carla Malenkami. Malenkami. Hooray! You cleared both. Look at you, man. Wow. Look yeah, at you. I, I feel like uh, is am I on the board? You're um, on the board. <laughs> you deny people a drink. Good, I, you know, good answer. Like, good, good answer. answer. <laughs> yeah. Um. Alright. <laughs> but yeah, so she was in Catch Me If You Can. And she was also in Ocean's 12. Um, I'm oh. not sure if you had anything else I, there. You know, that's the, I actually like Ocean's 12 a great deal. People should on that movie, but I like it. I think it's a... I've never seen uh, the original films, and I've never seen any one of the subsequent like remakes. So, yeah, well, I've not, the the original, 11, yeah, I've not seen the original Ocean's 11, but of the three, they're all fun. It's just that the second one was made quickly um, because the first one was such a big success. They actually like adapted a screenplay and twisted into Ocean's 12, which is what happens, right? Like, so um, it's more like they're overseas and on the run because Andy Garcia's character, who was the main guy that they robbed from in the first film, is mm. like caught, he's caught up to him. He's like, I want my money back. So they have to come up with like even sillier and like not, well, sorry, not sillier, but like riskier take to kind of pay him off. Um, I like Ocean's 12. I think it's pretty yeah. solid. Um, all three of those are fun movies. Yeah, um, as far as uh, uh, different subgenres of films, uh, heist films are not really something that I know much about. Oh. And I know this is pretty popular among certain people in that, especially when you talk about the original film. It's yeah. like, you know, you had the whole rat pack in the original film. So it's like, I mean, you know, I, it's something that it's, uh, I need to do my homework and finally get it's it off fun. the list. They're, they're just fun films. Like, just like go in and realize that, like, what you see may not, it's like, there's, it's twist, 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 but it's a fun ride, you know? So, um, right. what I will mention here, though, for Candace Azara, is that she was in the second pilot for All in the Family. So they kept tweaking the show over and over again. She was the daughter, um, Archie's daughter in that. But it was originally, that was when the show was called Those Were the Days. So this close to being All in the Family, but they kept retooling that pilot until they got they got the cast they wanted. Yeah, it, but you know the the thing that they didn't tweak at all was uh, Archie Bunker being as racist as he was. In well, that no, show. no, no, that was that was that's not that's 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 a feature, not a bug, right? So yeah, but uh, yeah. So and then next here we have uh, Alan uh, Blun Blunenfield Blunenfeld Blunenfeld. Yeah, yeah, Blumenfield. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, he plays Edwin. I'm just going to say Edwin. Uh, yeah. uh, so <laughs> I'm tired of last names. Uh, he was in War Games. He was also in the Ring, the the remake. You not not the uh, Ringu, but uh, I, and the one note that has come up in the past, and it's something that I can't wait to find it on a physical, uh, you know, some kind of physical media. Uh, Nightlife. It's a zombie film from the early '90s hmm. that I cannot track down, and it is it's a lot of fun. It's a, <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Well, I also have he was in Heroes, uh, and um, he was in Friday Thirteenth Part Six. The best Friday Thirteenth film. Yeah, damn! I, I I can't believe I didn't see that. I, I was just so excited about uh, Nightlife and how I can talk about it at least one more time. But yeah. uh, it, <laughs> so, but yeah. Next here is uh, Jay Gruber. 
Um, he, he plays man. Uh, he, <laughs> I love that this keeps on coming up recently too, Paul. Uh, memoirs of an invisible man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, so yeah, you get yeah. that, and uh, lots of shows like Mash, and then All in the Family. Yeah. And then the last one I have here is uh, Mimi Monaco, which is a great name as Woman. Uh, five credits. That's it. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with either one of them. So, but yeah, that's our cast. Yeah. So, all right. Um, let's get into the library. So, I got to ask you before we get into this because this is. Um, I don't think this is a ripcord worthy episode, but it's like, it is, it, it moves along at such a fast pace, but it tries to do so much, but then it leaves like so much in its wake that it gets a little confusing. Um, it, it does. It, it, it's definitely one of those, um, episodes that if you had blinked or grabbed your pop from the other room, you would have missed something that would have actually been pretty important to the plot line here. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we can get into it. It's just, it's just, it's kind of, once you get into the rhythm of it, it kind of hits the same beats over and over again. And then it just kind of stops. Right. Which yeah. sometimes is good. I don't think it serves this story very well, but yeah. So, um, so we get Ellie who's our main character. She's excited to work, uh, at a library, uh, which she, um, uh, our, our, uh, Gloria is the person who brings her and Gloria is the older lady that brings her, brings Ellie in as, um, a new hire into this private library. Uh, she's decided to work there and Gloria is like, yes, yeah, a private library. Um, uh, don't read the books. You're not supposed to read the books. Nobody reads the books. It's very, it's very important. I tell you to not read the books whatsoever. And then Ellie's like, oh, I won't do it. And within three seconds, she's asking about the books. Yeah, that was kind of confusing to me. It's yeah. like, where was the document that she needed to sign? I was like, it's 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 not even a fact of like trying to get acquainted with Gloria. It's immediately like, all right, what's the job? What do I need to do? Why is the books here? Who are, who are all these people on these books? Like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, dude, I just told you, like, we're not supposed to know anything about this. It's like the don't ask, don't tell of like, uh, library systems. <laughs> well, because, uh, you know, Gloria even mentioned, she's like the, my, my, um, my employers don't know that I'm trying to bring in outside help. Uh, because what's, what's going on is that we find out this library is like, um, substantial, right? It's huge and books and books and books and books and books. Right. And the, like, but they're in the process of, changing over how they, um, store information. Um, so because they're, they're storing information, they're changing, uh, hard, hardbound books to, um, that, that, that thing that you and I both know called holograms, right? Yeah. Um, which I mean, that's some forward thinking in the sense that it's like, we even now are changing formats for like information for, mm -hmm. We take text and we put them on different types of media. Now, I mean, I don't know if you remember going to the library and using the old like uh, microfiche. Yeah, yes. the fiche, yeah, yeah, microfiche. I remember doing that, and when I tried to describe that to people, they're like, "I don't know what that is." So it's like, so when you watch movies and they are doing the microfiche things, like people are like, "What is this alien technology?" <laughs> I mean, if if you've never had to do the and just like moving and you know messing with the reels and trying to figure out like you know if maybe your uncle's the murderer you haven't lived you know yeah by looking through old newspaper clippings right <laughs> so I, I see the parallels there and that's actually that's pretty some that's pretty uh, smart uh, and sophisticated uh, writing there at that point because yeah. even then it's like 
how do you explain what a hologram is? At that, that that's like, fair. But it, like, I, if you update this now, it's like, hey, we're converting these into NFTs. I'm like, I don't know if that's going to go well. I don't know. Yeah, it's all blockchain. I'd like, I'd be like, Gloria, I have no idea what you're talking about. She'd be like, I don't know either. You know, like, it's fine. Um, yeah. So either way that we know that these books are being turned into a different type of information, which I wrote in my notes here. I was like, I think my external hard drive um, has more space on it than this library he has looking at it. Uh, all the books there. I'm pretty sure I can hold the books yeah. on my external hard drive that I have that stores backup copies of the show and the other stuff that I do. It's a gigabytes versus terabytes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, I like the idea of like, they're like, Oh, you know, we we're going to put everything on a floppy disk. Like, Oh, that's going to save a lot of space, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway. So, but I'm, I'm making a joke. The whole thing is that, uh, you know, Ellie's brought in, uh, to just basically pull books, that's been given to her by a list from Gloria that's been given to her by the powers that be. But the thing is don't read the books. And then, and then Ellie, you know, within three seconds of walking in saying, I'm not going to mess with anything. She's like, Oh, all these books have people's names on it. And then Gloria is like, yeah, shut up. Just don't think about it. And then we find out that like, these are all, um, up to date, uh, active, um, works. Each book is a person, and um, as things happen, the book is updated. Um, and the, the, but each of these books are of a living person, so we find that out. So, all right, cool. I mean, you're already in a library that is um, incomprehensibly big, right? It's like it's the same size as Wong's Lost and Found Emporium. That's how big this library is, right? It just goes on for miles, and it's just books and books and books and books. Which, by the way, I like that. It's like it's all alphabetical. Um, <laughs> Like, wouldn't you kind of be like, oh, that's all alphabetical. How many people have the same name? Exactly. Especially something like as regular as Smith. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, well, I'll go over to the Robert Smith section. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like, I would like the idea. It's like, you see all these books lying around, which we see, but like, there's like this, there's like a bulging, like it's just more and more Smith books keep coming. You're like, oh no, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, I like the idea too, that all these books or like the encyclopedia, like Encyclopedia Britannica, yeah. like it, like they all look this, the same. But it's like some people have lived longer than others. So I was like, is there like cliff notes? Like what what's going on here? <laughs> I yeah. mean, I mean, if my if my book is like in the then he ate a Twinkie, and then he ate another Twinkie. It's like how many how much space you gonna like devote to that? It's like yeah, you know. And then he got angry at Overwatch. And then he got angry at Overwatch. If that's the case, my book would be seven foot wide, right, at this point in my life. Yeah, mine like, would probably be as thin as a, a highlights magazine <laughs> at this point. So, I mean, there, uh, really, uh, there is not much going on. <laughs> his, his name is Terry. He married well. He thinks about horror movies. End of story. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he's talking on a podcast again. <laughs> like, it would be the most yeah. uninteresting and thinnest book ever. I mean, like, I seriously. But yeah, I just, I, I find that fascinating that it's like every book is like, looks exactly the same. There's yeah. no difference in size or and it's like, yeah, it's people's lives are all buried in this book, but some people's lives are over a hundred years old. So it's like, hmm, yeah, interesting. Didn't really uh, think about that one too much, but 
whatever. At least it's going to be on a hologram now. Sure. But then, so, um, that's whenever, what was it? Um, like Ellie is like, you know, she's questioning things immediately, which Gloria should be like, get out of here. I know. I, I know I put this on Craigslist. I'm sorry. Just leave, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, but, that, that, yeah. That was the thing too. It's just like, so was there an interview process here? It was just, <laughs> but, <laughs> but then also too, like if Gloria was like, I need help, but I can't tell the powers that be, what does Glory's book say? You know, like, oh, so she went and, like, put up flyers in the coffee shop, you're right? Like, you know, like, she knows, if she knows that this is all, everything that happens is going to be, like, automatically put to print. Yeah, she has a lot of correction tape, so. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, so, so Ellie, like, finds her own book, and she reads up to the minutes. It's a very much a Spaceballs moment where they're trying to watch Spaceballs, the movie, during the movie. You know, like where it's like, what just happened? You just missed it. You know, anyway. So, um, so then eventually what happens is, uh, like she goes home, we meet her sister, Lori, which, yeah, go ahead. Lori Petty with that much hair. I've never, I've never seen a role where she's had that much hair that had to have been a wig. I don't know. Like it's a, it's a lot of hair. You're right. Uh, especially when you compare her to like her look in the, the three films I actually listed tank girl. In the army now in point break, she has the shortest do. Yeah. And it's like, I just imagining that much like, like luscious locks. But, on but here, like with her like, with that hair, that makes me think a little Hamilton, like the first Terminator film, right. When she's actually like the waitress, right. That's why I yeah. keep thinking that. So, but yeah, so uh, we find out that like, we know Ellie wants to be a writer and she's trying to write her sister's working a, a lot. Um, I thought she was working at a diner to begin with, but whatever. So that gets a little confusing. But we find out that like Ellie is having problems writing because she doesn't like fun. Um, meaning the next door neighbors are, are sorry, up, upstairs neighbors are having, um, you know, super party sexy times and she can't handle it, which again, I, we don't understand. Like, is this like eight o'clock at night? Is it two in the morning? Cause there's a big difference there to me if I'm a neighbor, right? Like if it's during reasonable noise times, I can't get mad. But Ellie's the fun police. I'll just put that. I'll just put this out right now. Um, but anyway, she goes and bangs on the door, finds out the neighbors are doing things, and she's not happy with them, and blah 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 blah. And then you know, um, so then she's upset about this. But then she goes to find the book of the dude. Uh, what's his name? Um, shoot, that what? is D- uh, Doug. Doug was it Doug? Is it Doug? Um, yeah, Doug, right? And so he went from being like she went in and actually found his book and put some white out on his his book and changed him from being like, you know, a sleaze ball to a priest. So I thought that yeah. was I, I thought that was fun. I thought yeah. that was pretty uh, It is funny. Pretty right? clever. Yeah. <laughs> I was like you turn you turn him from what he's being depicted at least in this uh you pig. know, in this segment yeah. here. It's like, yeah, he's a gross like um immature and not like neighborly. You know, not at all. I'm just saying like, I just also, I think she's a bit of a prude, but that's just me, but I understand why she did what she did. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So then, uh, like, but before she goes back to her, to, to her apartment that evening, he comes out and like, you know, greets her as a priest, whatever. And then she comes into her apartment. Um, and these are things that I appreciate about the episode, um, that like her apartment, um, has changed in terms of her like layout in terms of like furniture and stuff. But then she sees Lori talking to the, the, the lady that the night before was, um, you know, upstairs partying with the guy that's now a priest. And this, that lady, like what's her name? Carla. She's now upset. And yeah. it, it, yeah. I, I like, 
Well, the, the 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 real joke in there too. It's like the layout has changed so much that she kind of got clotheslined by the couch. Yeah, she almost so. fell over. Yeah, and I like that. She's like, "Why would you move that?" And Lori's like, the, "The the couch has always been." I think there's the line of like everybody falls over that couch. It's like, well, I don't know, man. That seems like a hazard. And if you keep acknowledging, <laughs> yeah, maybe not it, yeah. put it right in front of the doorway. Like, like, that, yeah, even like even Dick Van Dyke would be like, "Don't do that," you know. Anyway, so <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So we find out that like uh, Carla is now like super lonely at what was it in her mid thirties. That's a death sentence, right? Yeah, she's a spinster, and it's like now she doesn't have any kids. She's thirty seven. I don't know. Seems like a pretty cool chick to me. Thirty seven <laughs> years old, and doesn't have any kids. That's why I put my I put my notes. I'm like, oh no, you're like I'm thirty seven. I uh, I'm not married. I don't have kids, and blah, blah blah. I'm like, I don't know. Seems like you can stay up all night eating birthday cake if you want. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're ready to mingle, girl. Like, yeah, go right, right. Like you know, it's fine. You know, like, um, but she's upset about she. But like, it sounds like she's like nobody will be at my funeral. It's like, all right, just calm down. But anyway, um, Lori feels bad because she's seeing the butterfly effect of what she's doing. Right. So like, so this becomes. This, the, so the episode now becomes a series of cascading effects of her altering these books that are being actively written of these people's lives, right? So, um, like, I don't know how much you want to get into this, but it, it basically it's like every time she makes a decision, there's a positive and a much bigger negative that yeah, affects. It, it, yeah. it, Go it, ahead. It creates ripples throughout all of the other aspects of her life, too. Because we even the, the see biggest that being Lori over and over again. Right. So, yeah. 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 Like her, her career changes. Uh, well, which we'll get into into a second here. But all the neighbors within this uh, uh, this apartment building are affected by one change versus another change. And I just I find that really interesting. And it's like um, I would have loved to have seen this be a little bit longer uh, of an episode because I really wanted to explore that kind of idea of how everybody in this building is affected by her changes but on a grander scale. Yeah. This, this feels like this suffers from, this is one of the few times that I think like this could have been expanded a little bit more. Right. So, yeah. uh, but it gets real fast where she tries to change Carla's story and then she tries to change, uh, the upstairs neighbor, Mr. DeWitt. And she keeps changing and changing, changing. But every time she does, like she comes home and the apartment, her apartment's different. Let's like, tip her off that like, just because she's changing somebody else's path, doesn't mean she's not affecting her own and her sister, but she's seeing what's going on with Lori too, right? Lori goes from whatever job she had at the beginning to working as a waitress, which I thought that's what she did to begin with. I to, thought so yeah. too. She looked more like a hostess or like a diner, uh, yeah. you right. know, like working at a diner too. But then we see more of a classical like diner appearance uh, yeah. in the next career path, I guess. And then she becomes a name like, tag. And then she becomes like, uh, what was it? A, uh, a mechanic. Or whatever. Sorry, oh, no, a lawyer. The next, the next, she's a lawyer. lawyer yeah, yeah. And then she becomes like a mechanic. It, it gets it, it becomes weird, right? And then like, yeah. So her sister keeps changing professions because of everything else that like that um that Ellie's doing, right? And so then eventually, like after the whole thing where she like made sure that her upstairs neighbor was like you know. Because uh, he was talking about, like, I wish I would have went into business. She's like, well, if you want real estate, I'll give you real estate. He ends up becoming like this, like, you know. Um, slumlord. Slumlord. <laughs> yeah. And so it becomes a whole thing. And then she's like, oh, shit. Why don't I go to my book and just change where I live? You know, by the way, fair play. You're right. Um, so she ends up changing her location to, like, a beach house. 
right? And I and it's like I, I just it, it's it's so out of nowhere, but also really funny that when she pulls up to the beach house, be like, oh, this is a writer's retreat. She looks down on the beach and her sister's dying because she's drowned trying to save a kid. It's like poor Lori. Like she's the one that like fate is a bastard. And Lori is the one that suffers the most of everybody in this episode, right? She keeps getting ping-ponged around and beat up because her sister's an idiot. And, of course, she has no saying it, too. It's like, so even when, like, quote-unquote, her her path is kind of uh, adjusted into a a better way, uh, like her being a lawyer, she's still trying to help people. So I think there is a through line there, too. So we get her trying to help Carla, um, with you know her woes about being a spinster, then we get her as a lawyer trying to help uh, Edwin, and then the next one is her trying to save a child from drowning. It's like so. Then it's like her numbers up at that point, and she's sitting there dying on a beach, getting yeah, uh, that's a good CPR. Point. That's a really good point. I didn't you 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 said the thing that should have been obvious to me that her her characters. Um, profession or out like may have changed but her as a person didn't like, yeah and her I didn't, motives, I didn't consider I mean, that. like she's even yeah. trying to like champion her sister mm-hmm. and like uh the new career path that she has because like when you know when ellie first initially uh we meet ellie's sister initially um she's she comes home and she's asking about the job like is it great is it awesome like she's trying to champion her sister because it's like when people tra- change careers, it is a very uh, uh, tumultuous time of their lives, you know, especially if like they can't find the path that really belongs to them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, that's interesting. I thank you for like, I didn't consider that, that actually like the, the lesson here is that like, you know, you, you can maybe like alter paths, but you can't, I don't know, like, some people, no matter what's going on, they're always going to be themselves. And I think that because you bring this up and not occurring to me watching this multiple times speaks to the um, truncated na- nature of the script. That if had this been a little bit more time to breathe, it would have been more apparent. But thank you for pointing that out because that actually makes this make more sense to me talking to you about it. Yeah, and, and it's especially upon a second viewing – there are the subtleties and uh, honestly, like the bigger points that really make sense and drive home the idea of what this script is about. I mean, like, uh, like there was a moment where I just looked at my phone to check a text message, uh, the first time watching this and I completely missed the, the whiteout. Like, so she's whiting out portions mm-hmm. of people's lives and it's like to completely alter their, their path. And it's like, that is a really shitty thing to do, but like the the way she's doing it would make sense if you're trying to say, but it's for a good cause. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes, I mean, she is um, what it's a what do they call them when people go to like uh, lost islands and try to convert people? Um, oh, what do they call them? Oh, missionaries? Yeah, like, missionary. Yeah, yeah. like this is like her missionary uh, work right here. Where no, she like, thinks she knows better. better yeah. She's like, well, I'm the writer. I can write better than what's going on. Like I can, mm-hmm. I can create better than right. So yeah, that, that's fair. But then like, because her sister is dying on the beach, she rushes back to the library and tries to find her sister's book and she can't find it because it was part of the pull list. 
Right. Right. And that she runs into Gloria and she's like, I gotta, I gotta like grab her book. And then Gloria's like, what are you doing? And then like, Lori's like, Oh, you remember the way you told me at the very beginning of this job that I shouldn't read the books. I didn't listen to you three seconds later. And I've been effing around with everything, you know, like, yeah. Monkeying around with people's lives. <laughs> and it's like, just to kind of alter hers in a better way. You know, it's yeah. like she didn't take her book first. She took all these other people because they were inconveniencing her or she was just trying to help them out. Cause I mean, let's get real here. Carla coming over that one time, that wasn't going to be the last time that Carla was going to come over and complain about being a spinster. Yeah. It's like, so she, she was seeing the writing on the wall. It's like, damn, I was like, I don't want this chick come back over my place. And like, you know, crying into a uh, glass of wine. Like, I just want to fix this. Like, I think it was more or less, she was worried about these different facets of her own life than she was the people. That well, I mean, are. she did feel bad for Carla, but just a smidge, right? Cause she was still yeah. trying to make her own life better. Cause she's like, if I can improve their lives and get them out of my hair, I'll be good. Right. So exactly. And also in kind of like now putting this, like putting this uh, before we get to the end of this, she fancies herself a writer. Well, considering that like everything she does makes things worse, probably not a good writer. Probably not. You know, there are a lot of people that are uh, aspiring writers. Uh, maybe not all of them deserve to have something published in that kind of sense, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. But you know, it's like, I, I can't read names, so who am I to judge? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so this comes down to like Ellie admitting to Gloria, like, yeah, I screwed up. So they pull the five books that she's affected, and then uh, Gloria is like, oh well, um, yeah, this is bad. Um, and then she's like, the my bosses are gonna know what's happened. There's gonna, there's a slight like earthquake or whatever. Blah 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 blah. She's like, oh shit, um, I need you to leave. So she kicks Ellie out. Um, and then Ellie, uh, realizes like she wants to still save her sister. So she goes to the front door again in this, this building pounds on the door, a different person answers, um, basically saying, I don't know who you are. I've been here for years. I'm, I'm going to close the door on you. Crazy, crazy lady. Right. Fair yeah. enough. Well, it, yeah. like uh, a moment before that, it, she actually encounters her sister waiting oh, okay. outside for her. Yeah, sorry, I got the I got the time the the balance. But she's like, I, I yeah. need to apologize to somebody real quick. And yeah. when she goes back to the door, yes. she realizes it's not the same house. Yeah, so it makes Lori, me wonder Lori's, if it's yeah. like a, a, a like a crawl kind of idea. Where it's <laughs> yeah, like, this yeah. thing every floats time, around. It was that every time the sun goes down, the, the library moves to another another location. Yeah, um, which, yeah. I mean that that would make sense, especially if this job isn't supposed to be like a thing. So I'm just like, I don't. I like the idea that it is um, a secretive job. She was given a chance. All of a sudden, the powers that be were like. Uh, you effed up, uh, Gloria, uh, <laughs> like this girl's got to go. And it's like, we're going to, we're going to fix the situation now because we have the power. <laughs> yeah. Unintended, I guess. No, I just, I also like, I want to believe that like this library and, uh, Wong's lost and found a program overlap where somebody is going into an adult bookstore and they go through a door and they end up this library. And they're like, wait a second. This is not where the sex dolls are. And like, welcome, sir. You have a job to do. Ah, oh, right. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then, uh, um, you know, we got Ellie and her sister, like 
like Lori's back to where she was, which, um, sure. We don't know if she was happy where she was. I think lawyer Lori was probably the best, um, you know, life, but who am I? Right. Uh, to say that, but Ellie at least seems like somewhat appreciative, but she still now has the knowledge that like she, um, screwed around. She had like, um, like the power of the gods for a minute. Right. Which, yeah. you know, and then she screwed it up and that's the end of the episode. Right. Um, but that at least, um, at least Gloria kind of, we don't know what she said to her bosses, but reset everything. But at least I feel like she took the five books and was like, Hey, um, yeah, I, um, I messed up. I hired somebody clearly was not competent at this job. Can we scrub these books of white out and make it good and move on? So everything kind of got reset. But like I said, the ending of this is very, that's it very fast. Like it's almost so fast that you don't get it. You don't get a minute to actually let it sink in what happened. Yeah. And I think like with something like this, because it's so dense in, um, information and how short of the episode uh, or segment that it is, it really deserves a second viewing. I think I got a lot more out of this on that second viewing Mm -hmm. than I did the first time. And just like really understanding like, okay, well, these are the changes that are affecting everybody else. And like seeing the subtleties in those changes too. And then like, I was just waiting because I have seen Loki not too long ago. I was waiting for somebody to come in and prod her. (laughs) (laughs) From the TV. You're messing with the time variant. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Good call. Right. No. um, So no, this was, it was, it's an okay segment. It's just that it's undercooked. That's my big thing yeah. is like, it's not bad. It's just like versus some of the things that we dealt with the season where it's like, I don't know where you're going with this. Um, but there was something here. It's the, um, you know, you start messing with fate. Fate's going to mess with you, which is things we've like that. That's a reoccurring theme on the show uh, in terms of the twilight zone. Uh, it's a different shade of it. I don't mind that. Um, I, this could have easily been something that um, the idea could have easily fit in the original series, you know, like for, for sure. Yeah. I, I even the way that it was presented, if it was a little bit, a little bit more like uh, lengthy mm-hmm. and like really, really trying to figure out the, the, the different scenarios and how they were uh, like, all these people are affected. Cause it seemed like once she made that, uh, that change in the book, we're instantly into that new world now. Yeah. And I was like, well, th- I think we need a little time to figure this out. And, you know, it's like I get the um, the quickness that we're trying to see that I, Ellie's like I see a problem I'm trying to fix a problem but she doesn't realize the cause and effect that she has on everybody around her especially her sister it's like it's like by the time we get to the end she's like damn I'm stupid you know like I finally did something here that was the absolute worst outcome I affected somebody who I truly love. Yeah. If this would have been like, like if they would have done like a, 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 like, um, since this is an hour long series at this point, if this would have been like, you know, what a 24 minute segment probably could have mm-hmm. had more legs to it. Right. But whatever. Yeah. And I, I love, I love these kinds of storylines. I actually, I find them fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that, uh, I, I truly do think is like a, a really good representation of the butterfly effect idea is, um, if you've ever seen the remake of the time machine, with uh, Guy Pierce, um, there there's something really interesting there and in how it's presented, and it really does kind of hone in on the idea. It's like 
you can't regret has happened in the past. You just got to try to change the future one step at a time, one mm-hmm. choice at a time. Right. No, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. So, um, this is, um, a better iteration at least I will say of a distance down the thunder versus the Ray Bradbury theater episode we saw where it's like, Oh, you shot a dinosaur Nazis. Like, like, would yeah, it have been right? Yeah, like, would it have been better? Where it's like, like, um, our main character been like, "Oh, beach house," and it's like, "Lori Petty, why are you Hitler now?" Like, "Oh shit, what did I do?" Like, that would have been like, you know, "Oh no, oh no, it's all Hitler's all the way down." You know, like that would have been bad, but also kind of amazing. You know, like, <laughs> like just every single time you stray off the path, it's all Hitler's, right? Like that would have been, that would have been amazing. I wouldn't have liked it. I mean. I would have loved it. Let's be honest. That would have been a fun story. Anyway, so anyway. Yeah. That's a weird dystopian future where Every, everything's Hitler's. Hitler. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you thought you're going to be a good writer. You created all the Hitler's. Sorry. You think that's a mustache? Yeah. yeah. It's like, Oh, Oh, you, you, uh, you wrote a better, a better future for the people in your apartment complex. Not only are there Hitler's now, there's also dinosaurs and dinosaur Hitler's. You know, anyway, so <laughs> it would have been, right. would have been amazing. <laughs> like just Dennis Hopper showing up again. It would have been, would have been amazing. All right. As, so as a stegosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. So, all right. Any other, any other notes about this before we rate that twist? Yeah, honestly, I couldn't really find much more. So yeah, it's going to be twist rating. I think. All right, here we go. Uh, twist rating is always one through five being one that we saw it coming from a mile away and five being mind blowing. Um, you know, once I got to the notion of like, Oh, these are people's lives. I'll give it a three. Um, also the way it kind of wrapped up was like, Oh, okay. Well, all right. Everybody learned a lesson. Kinda, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot more of those, uh, in this iteration of the twilight zone where, um, bad choices, Oh, but you learned your lesson. Yeah. Bad, cho- bad choices resolved. Everybody's good again. It's like, I don't like that. <laughs> like, I would have preferred something a little different in that kind of scenario. Yeah. But yes. you know, as far as the twist, um, the, the especially when it comes to just the kind of bland name of this, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to give it a four. I didn't really quite expect what was Fair going on. Like going on in the whole episode, it's just it's frustrating that like a piece like um a little piece of quiet, which we saw early, early, early in the first episode of the season, is a be careful what you wish for narrative, right. uh, and you can control reality to a degree, and that is such a sledgehammer of an ending, right? Like, and it's like you have the option here too. Like, also here, here I'll put this to you. Like, what if like you're trying to sneak your book, your the book of you. And you're trying to keep quiet and you have your white out. And then as the, you know, the, the, your boss turns the corner, you spill the white out all over your book and screw yourself up. And you don't exist anymore. That would be, that would be <sighs> interesting. Uh, if this was real world scenario, uh, this person's also going to be sitting in the John doing this. So like, <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> like would have been like something where it's like you, you are so, you are so, um, um, full of yourself of Billy, of what you can do that you screw up and you put the white out down, but then something happens where you don't get a chance to write your story and you just blank yourself out of existence. Right. Right. Like, oof, that would have been something right. Anyway, that's either here or there. I mean, I'm rewriting it up. So this 30 years old, but whatever. So, um, this was still, 
this was still okay. Like I think we've had, I think we've had a pretty good run recently in terms of segments um, coming into the back end of the series, uh, the first first season. So yeah. Um, before we're uh, before we get into the, like you know we talked about the twist. Like I said, anything else before we get to what we're talking about next? No, the, 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 I guess my final notes on it really would be um, given the the length of this segment. I actually I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a complete story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I could see, uh, especially when it comes to the like, uh, be careful what you wish for kind of scenario here, and how it's trying to teach you to be more grateful for what you have yeah. and how your choices, even in these kind of scenarios will affect everybody around you. I, I really, I, I really dug that. So okay. like, yeah, it was, it was good. So I, what you're I, saying I really is overall uh, episode 23 of the series, all three stories, cause it was uh, take my life, please devil's alphabet and the library pretty solid hour television is what you're saying. Yeah. And yeah. which is, is, is surprising in itself because uh, that's two in a row, right? Like that's two Three. episodes. Oh yeah. Two, the, no, you're right. Cause the previous one was, um, I was a need to know and red snow. You're right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So like we're, we're doing all right, man. Like, uh, yeah, even well, that- yeah, well, we, yeah, we're, we're towards the end. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Um, but there, there's some good news coming. I'll get there at the, at the end here. So uh, you guys can find us on Facebook at Strange Highways. Um, we're always posting things there. Um, always weird images, having a good time. Uh, you can like let us know what you, your thoughts, opinions, feelings there about this segment or other segments. Also, you can email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast.gmail.com. It's always available. Um, mainly a lot of spam, you know, but if you guys want to email us directly there or message us on Facebook directly, please do that. Wherever you find um, the, your podcast, rate and review us. Um, I know that's sometimes a bigger ask than it sounds because it's tough, right, to go and find wherever you list your podcast, rate and review it. But the big, 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 big thing is if you enjoy the conversation, um, just let people know. Um, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Everybody has a podcast now, right? If you enjoy this conversation, let other people know about it. They, they'll probably enjoy it as well. I, I uh, like. I appreciate Terry. He's a brother. I love him to death. Um, I also like want to know your guys' thoughts, the more the merrier. So let everybody know. And Terry, where can people find us otherwise? Uh, we're on Instagram still folks. Uh, yeah, go ahead and check us out over there. Uh, we're still having a little bit of fun over there trying to get, uh, engaged with our audience a little bit more. It's just another, uh, tool in the bag for us. But, uh, and if also, if you could give some love to Paul's other podcast. Oh, that's right. Thank I you. appeared on more recently. Thank you. I forgot about podcast. this. Yes. And, and yeah. I, not, sorry, not by forgetting, because we talked about this last week that we recorded our, our episode about the devil's alphabet. Then went on to do a three hour thing. Uh, talk, we, were, we, yeah. we were on, we were on uh, Skype for five hours that night. Yeah. So, you know, that's Terry loves me. After uh, I worked yeah. my job that day. Yeah. Well, we both worked our jobs. So, yes. So. Yeah, it was a, a lot of fun. Um, uh, Paul, uh, I, like you said, I, I consider you a brother as well. And uh, you and Steve do a great, great job over there. And it's uh, it was it was awesome to be a guest over there and uh, talk about some John Carpenter again. Yeah. So, yeah, please check out. We talked about, yeah, we talked about John Carpenter's Vampires. Uh, we talked about Terry getting an arcade machine, which I'm jealous of. Uh, we talked about um, 
Bring your quarters, dude. Yeah, bring, bring <laughs> yes, right. It's funny because like the, the machine doesn't take quarters, but Terry will take all your quarters, right? So yeah, quarters um, and cookies. Yeah, bring quarters them. and cookies. And then um, and then I we had a very lengthy discussion about a Christian camp musical that I was forced to watch. Um, that I made Terry hear my reactions to. The film is called A Week Away. Go check that out. I think we, I think it was a lot of fun. Go check out Invasion of the Podcast. It was uh, the episode about John Carpenter's vampires. Uh, multifaceted. And Terry, thank you for uh, doing double duty that night. It was a lot of fun. Of course, man. And it's a podcasting is a uh, a second love for me uh, outside of my wife. So I it's a, it, I spend a lot of time on a a service like this with you, and it is a. Uh, it's really important for me, man. And it's a, you know, to have good conversations with intelligent people and, and me, you know, maybe, maybe, that, ed- yeah. And maybe educate people about something that we love. Like, yes. I mean, here we go. How I, we've been doing this for how many years now? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's just, it never gets dull, man. It never gets dull. It's always, it's always going to be a passion for me and my brother. Yeah. I, I, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And my goal is always like, what can I do to make Terry, um, catch him off guard and make him laugh. That's always my goal. So, all right. Um, all right. Uh, before we get out of here, let's talk about what we're uh, doing next. And now, Mr. Serling. All right. Next episode, four segments to go. So we have two actual full episodes of the Twilight Zone to go for season one of the 80s iteration. Uh, this will be season one, episode 23, segment A, Shadow Play, which is an update of the original series season two, episode 26 shadow play, which was one of my favorites of that season. Um, yeah. So maybe tuck in folks, because that might be a little bit longer of an episode. So I, I will uh, do a tad bit of notes just to compare the two. I, you should. I believe have you, have I didn't really talk about it, but I think that it's only, it's only worthy of doing so. Have you seen the original shadow player or no? I, not in years, so. Oh, it's been, okay. It, it, I, I will it, leave it to you to watch because I've seen it multiple times. I, I adore this. It is, it's one of those ones I think it was ahead of its time in a lot of ways. And this okay. update, this update is a little different, but it, it you know, let's put it this way. It stays true to why it exists. I'll put it that way. And then also, I'll tease to you, um, there's three segments after that. None of them are shadow play. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> three uh, segments after that yeah we wow. got after yeah we got three more after this finish the season uh it's like up it's, and over man uh, yeah over. i mean we're gonna we're gonna we're, yeah if we're almost done right so anyway uh so yeah that's gonna do it for us this week everybody have a good week have a safe week in the meantime don't wait out people's stories you you don't you don't know good you're not better than them yeah i try not to rewrite somebody's uh Uh, futures past whatever just let them live what's she crying about I'm 37 years old. I have no kids, no husband, no boyfriend, nothing. That's what I'm crying about. My life is a complete and utter waste. Carla, it's not true. It is true. Thank God you can't die from loneliness. Because if you could, I'd be dead. And nobody would be at my funeral. (laughs) 